Ford. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 152. Oh, awesome. 52! Okay. Yeah, we still haven't come up with a 150, though. Ew. When do we ever do that on time? Yeah. Yeah, I think people are still waiting for 139 and 101. Why aren't we better at this? I think the fact that they're still waiting for it means that we are better at this. No, I don't think that's true. Okay, well, I was trying to make myself feel better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of making yourself feel better, tonight we're doing the other half of the 13. So, New Guardians and Green Lantern Corps, 13, 13, 14, 15. It's early. That sentence didn't make sense at the beginning, but you know. You know what I'm getting at now. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Shut up. Uh, okay, uh, so we're going to do this just like we did the last time. Uh, we're going to split it up so that I'm going to do New Guardians and Dan's going to take uh, Green Lantern Core, uh, review them all kind of like we would a trade. It's... Uh, <laughs> Look, you, look, everybody, Jim loved it. He's laughing. He's laughing like a schoolgirl. No, I'm just realizing that it was Aaron Cooter who did uh, issue 15. <clears throat> okay. Where, where Larflees becomes like a mountain goat. Oh. I can't remember. Do you like that artist or do you not? Uh, I actually, I think he's the best of the three <laughs> that are on this book right now. <laughs> Um, when he's on the book, but, yeah, I, I, whatever, we'll get to that. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, Green Lantern, New Guardians, 13, 14, 15. Uh, 13 starts off where Kyle is trying to learn rage from Atrocitus. Um, Atrocitus is smacking him around quite a bit. Uh, we get a bunch of flashbacks with, uh, Alex way back when Kyle started his career, how Alex was the one person that believed in him. And, uh, yeah, Kyle isn't really getting the whole rage aspect, um, even though they're at her gravesite. You know, Atrocitus is like, you should feel rage over this. Um, there's, uh, you know, a two-second scene about the Third Army thing that, uh, that doesn't really play in too much. But, um, so Atrocitus decides, let's go over to the Middle East where, you know, people are getting killed left and right for, you know, almost no reason. And he forces Kyle to watch a father get murdered in front of his son because these people are trying to find out where these rebels are. And in, in, you know, while he's, you know, holding him there, you know, waiting for him to see this, he recounts his, uh, you know, his own horror of what basically led him down the path to rage with the, uh, you know, the massacre of, yeah, 666 sector being wiped out. Well, anyway, uh, they kill this guy, this kid's father, and that's, that's all it took, you know? Kyle sees, he sees, you know, just something horrible happen to somebody that didn't deserve it, and the rage... Rage comes out. He, he uh, transforms into this this awful rage costume and goes after all the bad guys. I I'm not sure if he's killing them or 
setting them on fire. It's not really clear, but Atrocitus seems pretty happy, you know, seeing that he took out all these bad guys. Uh, Kyle's also pretty pissed off at Atrocitus for letting it happen, though. Um, but, uh, you know, there's nothing really he can do about it. So he just kind of like, you know, he loses his, the grasp on, on rage and he uses hope to heal everybody. Then goes back to uh, Carol Ferris, who was also at the gravesite. Uh, he gives her an attitude because he's coming off a rage high. And uh, now they... Oh, and then there's another scene with the Third Army, more people getting assimilated. Um, and Kyle is... Uh, he, he locates where Arkillo is, so now he's going to go off and, uh, and train with Arkillo. Uh, that's issue 13. Now, issue 14, um, just like he said last issue, Kyle is now training with the Indigo Lantern. Um, so, you know, that, that flows nicely. Um, he picks up Indigo pretty quickly. He can now teleport, and I guess that's about it. Um, he tells Indigo 1 why he's doing it, why he's you know training for all the colors, it's because he wants to save Ganthet. He wants to save his soul. Uh, Indigo One warns him that, you know, Carol Ferris is definitely using him for her own means. But you know, don't don't trust love because love, hope, and compassion are not necessarily good emotions as compared to rage, avarice, and fear as bad emotions. You have to embrace them all. They're all part of the same continuum. Uh, Star Sapphire goes back to Zamoran. Um, actually, why did she go back to Zamoran? Um, There's no reason. Wasn't there something in, like, 12... Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> uh... As far as we can tell, there's no reason that she went back to Zamoran, but she did. Um, and maybe she went back to... No, I, I, can't, I can't think of anything. But she goes back there, they give her an attitude, you know, you know, how, you know, how dare you, which, isn't she the queen? In I... fact, she makes a point of saying that she's the queen in 13. <clears throat> I have to imagine they replaced her after she just took the ring off and stayed on Earth for a few months. I guess. Um, so now they, they don't respect her at all, apparently. They take the ring from her, um, but they decide, you know what, your mission is of love, so, you know, here's your ring back, you can go do it. But if, any, you know, if, uh, if Kyle gets out of hand, you have to kill him. So, you know, they kind of, the, the rest of the Zamorans are wondering why they let her, you know, have her ring back, and it turns out it's the Guardians, who kind of look like Elvis, um, and uh, they want Carol to have a ring, because now they can track Carol, and if she's next to Kyle, they can find out where Kyle is. They can't track him because his ring is so contaminated now. So, Kyle then goes to train with Arkillo. Um, you know, he starts attacking him with... Uh, different colored versions of Sinestro to try and help uh, Arkello. 
is he's got like a kind of like a blockage in his ring. He can't overcome. He can't overcome his own fear. Actually, uh, so Kyle helps him do that, and in turn, Kyle is able to access fear. Um, basically, by being scared, he's afraid that he's going to let the whole universe down. Um, he taps into that fear, and he's able to you know use the power of yellow. Um, and uh, Star Sapphire pops up to you know break up a fight that was about to start, and now you know okay they're off. Arkello decides that he's going to tag along. They head to uh, was it uh, Okara? Okara to now train with Larflees. So at this point, he has mastered every emotion except for love and greed. Okay. Now we head over to number 15. Um, yes, this is the one that was actually drawn by Aaron Cooter. The other ones were drawn by uh, the duo uh, Andre Brisson, who isn't that bad of an artist, and Amil Pina, who I cannot say the same for. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, you know, they go to Okara. Um, Uh, well, actually, first, the, the Zamorans take note of uh, how the Third Army is, you know, well, I guess one of their first stops was the the Spider Guild, wiping out the Spider Guild. They've always been a thorn in the Guardian side. Yeah. So, um, so there's that. They go to Okara, and there's a, a brief flashback. Oh, did I mention the flashback before? Yeah, yeah, about Yeah, how, with Alex. Yeah, Alex. Or did um, you? I remember. Well, yeah, in 13 there was a brief flashback where you know, they show that Alex, you know, he he did go out with Alex. Alex was the one that believed in him. And they confirmed that Alex did die in a refrigerator. Um, that was one of the things that Atrocitus was trying to use to, you know, access his rage. Well, now as they're on Okara, they're greeted by Sade, and now there's a flashback showing two years ago when Kyle was taken to Oa by Ganthet to be trained with all the other Green Lanterns. And apparently, Sade and Ganthet were, I guess, starting a relationship back then, um, which doesn't make any sense. But we'll get to that. Um, Larflees, he doesn't want to help Kyle. I mean, why would he? That would be giving assistance, and he doesn't give anything. Uh, but Carol shows him, you know, well, she she basically you know looks into his heart and sees that his parents are still alive, and she agrees to help, um, I guess, find them uh, with a love tether, and also find out what his real name is. I guess he doesn't even know his real name, which is weird. That, Maybe he's forgotten. That's that's not how I took that. But all right. Maybe they'll even tell you what your real name is. You took that differently? Oh, what did she say here? Uh... Help Kyle master the orange light of avarice, and I promise I'll lead you to them. They're still out <laughs> there, Larflees. And in quotes, maybe they'll even tell you what your real name is. Yeah, I didn't, t- I didn't take that as, like, he doesn't know. I thought that was just her, like, 
like exploiting the fact that she knows to try and get him to budge? I don't know. I don't think so because he's crying. Because I think, I think he just doesn't know. <laughs> no, he's crying because here's somebody who can finally find his family for him. Well, I don't know. That's that's up for debate. But as we're as we finish uh, this issue, um, so yeah, finally Larflees decides. Okay, you know what? I'll you know, I'll help you, but you have to take it. You have to get past me first. So Kyle, you know, he starts whipping out all these different emotions, actually, really just to rage to kind of distract him. And then he uses compassion to kind of teleport just behind Larflees to the battery. Um, a nice way to do it. Yeah, I like Larf- that. Yeah, Larflees attacks him with, uh, you know, all of his orange lanterns. But before anything else can happen, they're attacked by a bunch of members from the third army. Um, Sade holds them back. Uh, they, they can't affect her and the orange lanterns are, you know, keeping them at bay also because they're not living. Um, Kyle, you know, he wants to help them, but they, you know, they say, it's like, you know, Sade says, listen, you have to, you know, you have to give in to your, your wants you have to take the orange power if you're going to save everybody else. So he powers up from the orange lantern battery. <laughs> He's able to now use orange energy. I guess, yeah, one charge, and that's all it took. And, uh, you know, now he's he has to fight with Larflees because they both want the battery. Um, Carol tries to separate them again, and... She, you know, in the end, the only thing that she can do to get through to Kyle is basically show him Alex, um, and you know, have Alex tell him to stop fighting. And uh, Sade tells them that their their only shot is to teleport out. So Kyle, you know, he teleports them all away as Sade is overtaken by the Third Army, and she is killed. And it seems like Ganthet, you know, he has a moment's pause. But, you know, then it's gone, and uh, now he's going to go take care of Kyle himself. Hmm. So. Now, first thing. Mm-hmm. And this was my my worry when, <clears throat> when, like, I saw the covers and whatever, but... The, I think the biggest problem I have with their their quest to to get Kyle to learn all this stuff is just how quickly it's happening. Yeah. I mean and I don't I don't necessarily need like here's a four issue story arc about him learning rage and here's you know yeah. and, I mean and there's some like I can buy would be quicker than others. But like I don't know, it it really just kinda takes the wind out of it when you just do, okay, here's the issue where he learns rage, here's the issue where he learns fear, here's the issue where he learns greed, and in between issues, he learned compassion. Yeah. Although when I look at the compassion, I mean, what else... I I have a hard time figuring out what else I would want out of seeing him learn compassion, because I think the conversation he had with Indigo was probably the most important thing
I mean, I feel like he should have struggled a little bit more with compassion. Like, I mean, hope, I can see him getting hope, I mean, instantly, basically, because yeah. he has wielded a blue ring. Yeah, like, he was a blue lantern for a while, so that's totally fine. And, I mean, when you look at, like, John, I mean, I feel like the fact that it's Kyle means there's just enough little things in place to make me sort of buy this. Yeah. Because, like, <clears throat> like, like with Indigo, we saw Jon Stewart, like, over the course of, like, three or four issues figure out how to more or less use an Indigo ring. And Kyle is supposed to be a lot more proficient at using other emotions than, than John and the rest are. So Kyle taking to Indigo really quickly makes enough sense, right? And and I yeah, guess well, yeah, because the only thing he's really doing with it is teleporting. Well, yeah, but there's only really two things you do with Indigo, and he it he's trying to learn how to do the other one as they go. I mean, like, I, I buy the Indigo being quickly, you know, being quick, because there's not really much for him to learn there. I buy the orange thing happening very quickly because, I mean, you know, all Hal had to do was hold the lantern, and, you know, and he was understanding, you know, uh, avarice. Yeah. Now, all Kyle has to do is, you know, take a charge from it, and that's all it takes. You know, one taste... And you understand avarice. Yeah. And that's really, that's what happened to Larflees. So. Right. Um, yeah. Now, with rage, I mean, we know Kyle has rage in him. So, you know, having, you know, taking him to witness, you know, something like, you know, he had to witness. Like, I, I do kind of buy that. Like, I, I do feel that that would happen fast enough. Yep. And and by the same token, like you said, there's enough little things with Kyle that I do kind of believe that he's going to learn love fast also. Yeah, plus, like, there's that, I mean, Atrocitus even brought it up, there's that kind of underpinning fact that at the beginning of this series, he wore almost all of these rings once. Right. So it's like, he's already, he already has a good primer mm -hmm. to not take as long, plus the fact that he's the most, like, realistically emotional Green Lantern we have. Right. So it's like, and and I kind of like the fact, because one, my big thing with this was like, <clears throat> excuse me, my big thing with this was, at first, why the hell, why didn't he start with love? Because like, the main star sapphire in the universe is standing right next to you and wants to help you learn all these emotions, so why didn't you start there, you know? Why are you Why are you going to the big scary monsters first? <laughs> yeah, like, I I kind of like the fact that they're saving love for last because they're building up this uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they're building up this kind of questionable trust between the two of them, and they keep bringing in like memories of Alex and the lost love. So I don't know. I feel like they're going somewhere with that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, with the the image of of Alex at the end of fifteen, that's probably priming him for learning love. Yeah. Hey, can we talk about Carol for a minute? Yeah. Because I kind of like I like how they're using her, and I, I feel like it's all of a sudden because I didn't really get this from the last few issues she was in. But like, 
Like she's still like she's still kind of like taking charge in all of this. I love how she kind of like she basically stands up to both both Atrocitus and Larflees and says, "Look, I am the one person in the universe you do not want to piss off," <clears throat> and gets them to blink. Yeah, yeah, no that that is that is cool. It's uh, it, it I think it gives her some credibility considering that we haven't really seen her as a star sapphire all that much. Like she hasn't really done a whole lot of star sapphire type stuff. Yeah. I mean, like Blackest Night was probably her biggest time to shine. Pun intended. <laughs> um yeah, yeah, no, I think Carol's uh Carol's doing decent right now. Um yeah, and the way that I mean <clears throat> the way she she got Larflees to agree to help them was brilliant cuz it's the it makes perfect sense. You know, it's like her whole deal is she can look into your heart, see what your life is missing, and find it. And, like, that's the one thing, like, <clears throat> how how do you get a greed lantern to do what you want while you, you offer to take them to the one thing they haven't been able to get? Yeah. Um, and I, re- I really appreciate the whole, you know, Kyle starting to question... And I guess being prompted to question her intentions and whether or not she gives a crap about him because ultimately she's trying to prime him to be able to save Hal. So it's like, you don't really give a shit about me. You just have to get your boyfriend back. And it's it's coming off that way because of the way the emotions are affecting him, which is something I... What do you think about that? What do you think about the way that he's actually being emotionally affected by the onset of all these powers? Oh, I think he absolutely should be affected. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like, when he gives her an attitude, <clears throat> you know, after after rage, I mean, like, that makes perfect sense. Just like, you know, when he's fighting uh, Larflees and uh, uh, Arkillo and, and him can both sense the fear. Yeah. You know, like, that That makes perfect sense, and that's that's a nice touch. It is. Like, that's the kind of thing... Like it, like uh, remember a few issues back where um, where they found the zombies at first, and Kyle could kind of just sense that a yellow battery exploded. Like yeah. it's that and this kind of stuff. Like this is that. That's the kind of thing like we've been wanting to see all along. You know, like yeah. I I love it. I love seeing that. Yes. Yeah. That that stuff I love. <clears throat> um, let's talk about the flashbacks. Yes. So. Talk about the first flashback first. Yeah, um, the, the tamer one. Yeah. So, in 13, we have the whole flashback with Alex. So, we we see that that happened. Um, his whole relationship with Alex, uh, he was trying to impress her dad, because, you know, he didn't know his dad growing up, um, to the fact that she was eventually killed in a refrigerator. Um... I know, I know, uh, Billy on the forums. Like he, he had a problem with that. It's as far as, you know, you you can change anything you want. You're going back and you're redoing whatever you want, and that's one thing that you keep the same. Hmm. But I mean, like you know, and I may catch hell for this, but I'm I'm glad that they kept that because I think that's important to his character. Yeah, and honestly, like when I read it. My reaction was, was, 
oh cool it's the same you know because yeah. because i mean this <clears throat> i mean this and foreshadowing but this is the first round of issues like where i mean it took 15 months but i i am just now starting to feel like things are different in the new 52 as far as green lantern goes you know well once you get to issue 15 yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but like but like i i took this as like a nice little nod that well yeah no his history is the same yeah and <clears throat> i mean i i agree with you you know his like a huge part of his motivation was this was his initial failure of you know, Alex dying because of him. And she's she's almost like his Uncle Ben. Yeah, his Uncle Ben is Gwen Stacy. Yeah. I and I mean it's it's I think we talked about this before and it's fitting because he's kind of the DC Spider Man, you know, he's the everyman yeah. hero in New York sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> when he's on Earth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So and we got to see like he still he still had the classic Kyle costume and all that stuff, and he started out in the Green Lantern Corps costume and this and that, and like it's and, yeah. And she was helping him pick which one, you know, based on designs, which one looked best. And I actually like how they portrayed that here as opposed to back in '93, because like they back like the original version, they were just sit standing on a beach. And she's like, you know, you really should come up with a new costume. That one belongs to someone else. And he's like, okay, how about this? Oh, it's yeah. perfect. And then he had a new costume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. That, that's that's cool. Um, let's talk about the second one. Let's All talk right. about the second flashback. All right, that was in 15, right? Yes. So, the second flashback... Oh, oh, I opened right to the page. It's almost as if that was the most open part of the issue. Um <laughs> <laughs> So uh, one page. So we see <clears throat> Kyle on Oa, and the previous flashback, just to say, it's set up like he got his ring and was wearing the kind of Hal Jordan costume, right? <clears throat> and then, like after he kind of settled into being Green Lantern, he had his classic black costume. So here we got Kyle on Oa, and we know it's right after he got his ring because he's wearing the classic Hal costume. And Oa is very much the bustle with life. I don't know if yeah. that's the right word, but there it is. Uh, there's Guardians flying around. There's Green Lanterns flying around. Sade is there, so female Guardians exist already. And all of a sudden, it hits you just how much is different with Kyle Rayner. Yeah. I mean, where do you even start to list? Like, I, I you know, <clears throat> this was not necessary. Well, at first, like, I at first I was like, you know, oh, okay, that's a little different, whatever. Then the chain reaction started in my head, because like, okay, so that means that Kyle didn't create the female Splinter of Guardians. Right. That, that means that <clears throat> that um. Well, first of all, that means that the Green Lantern Corps didn't fall, at least yeah. not that time, which means that 
Hal might not have become Parallax, right. which means that Coast City might never have exploded. Coast City has never exploded. They actually explained that. What? Uh, they said Coast City... <coughs> they, they explained this uh, at a convention. Oh, is this like the end of the O answered a question or something? So, yeah, like that. Uh, Coast City was not destroyed. Um, I think uh, Hal did become Parallax, <coughs> but I don't know how that fits. Um, but uh, Coast City was never destroyed. So now, you know, I guess this means that Zero Hour <coughs> never happened. Um, yeah, the whole Emerald Twilight didn't happen. Or did Hal did. still did Hal still die and become the Spectre? Uh, I don't know. That, I mean, I have no idea. I mean, I was trying to think about this, and like, I thought to myself, like, okay, would it work if like, if like, the Sinestro War was the first time we saw Parallax really emerge as an entity, and the first time Hal got possessed was during Blackest Night to fight that. Spectre, Black well, Lantern. I mean, that would pretty much negate Rebirth, then. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the entirety of Rebirth depends on Emerald Twilight and also Hal becoming the Spectre. Hmm. Um, but on top of that, Kyle was never a lone Green Lantern. Like that whole like you know the, you remember that whole thing about why we actually liked Kyle about how he was the only one doing it and he had to forge his own path he had to figure things out on his own um, yeah but would would you he was would, the he was the torchbearer yeah but would you and that is a big change that's well, a very big change but would well, listen, you wait wait but here's my issue okay in <laughs> issue one. Of this same series, <laughs> they refer to him as the Torchbearer, and his origin was the same exact thing. Ganthed comes to him in, in an alley, says, you'll do, and gives him a ring. So what is it? Ganthed came to him. He doesn't possess any of the same qualities that a regular Green Lantern has. Says, you'll do, and then says, we're going to Oa, I'm going <laughs> to train you. Even though Hal Jordan and, Green, and uh, Guy Gardner... And John Stewart are all Green Lanterns, also. Yes, and you know, to be fair, I could see that as a because uh, they make a point of saying right here that Ganthet is already like he's already like emotional and all this stuff, and he's trying to get Sade over to his side, and so like maybe he's tr he's experimenting with seeing if like you can get a Green Lantern who's on the same page as him and still have it work out. I don't know. That's just me throwing stuff at the wall. Maybe I'm completely off or whatever. You know, my, my issue with it is that you didn't you didn't need to make that change. This isn't a change that needed to get made. I mean, like, if if you go back and read any of the old issues, like now that stuff is, doesn't make any sense compared to what's happening now. So, and like, it's not like that stuff was so confusing that you needed to change it to make it, you know, make sense. Yeah, I mean, I like Kyle as a member of the Green Lantern Corps. I remember all through the 90s wishing he could be a member of the Green Lantern Corps. <clears throat> but not like this. Yeah, and I mean, the, the previous flashback sets up that, like, after this point, 
he's still flying around New York in that in his classic suit. So I guess if you it, like, we could still say that like, because I mean, one, something I hated about Hal back in the day was that he was on Earth too much. So if you wanted, if you really wanted to, you could say that, you know, Kyle like this origin happens. Kyle gets trained on Oa. He's a member of the core. He just spends most of his time on Earth because some they have enough human lanterns they can swing that <laughs> but like i don't know do you like the fact i think that i think this is part of the bigger issue of of new 52 planning because the fact that this comes around in issue 15 yeah and it's just i mean realistically did, did this issue need that flashback no because it no. seems it seems like they just decided sometime between fourteen and fifteen that or it could have been earlier. I don't want to say that, but they decided recently <clears throat> to pull the trigger on this as opposed to almost a year and a half ago, and yeah. they just kind of added it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's almost like you know what? We're gonna make it now so that the Green Lantern Corps was never destroyed. Um, we're gonna make that a retro change so even though we didn't realize to think of it and come up with it around issue one when we actually restarted the universe we're just going to throw it in now you know haphazardly just because we want to it's like you know you're just you're changing things for the sake of changing things they could have had a flashback to the Sinestro Corps war when they actually went off together to explore emotions like you know the entire point of this is like, oh yeah, well Kyle Rayner knows about <laughs> girlfriends. Like, come on. I did kind of like the line where Sade's like, "Is this one? Is this one retarded? What's what's up with him?" <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah. I mean, you you've definitely always been higher on the concept of Kyle as a loner than I have. I mean, I love the <clears throat> I love the concept not, of the core. Not a loner. Well, like being like the guy that's off in his own area, doing his own thing, being an individual. Because like even what, even in the last few years, kind. like I always I describe it as Kyle as <clears throat> one of a kind. I like Kyle. I his character works best when he's the only one with his power set, and he has to figure it out. Like I, I think that's just the way that he was created. And it works very well for him. I don't know. Part of me almost feels like playing devil's advocate and saying, like, well, would I have had a problem with it if he was always a recruit like this? But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it... Uh, no. No, you absolutely not. Because if, <laughs> if this is how they had done it back when they started Kyle out, well, for one thing, I don't think it would have worked as well. Because, like, when, with, the, with the start that they gave Kyle, they started him completely fresh. He wasn't bogged down with anything else unless they wanted to weave it in. And it was, you know, it was, it was nice, it was fresh, it was exciting. If they had done this back when Kyle started, it would have just been like, oh, I guess he's the next Green Lantern. And they're going to do things the same exact way. Oh, God. Going forward, this could be a good thing. Just if only because like over ever since Jeff Johns took over, the focus has been very much not on Kyle Rayner in favor of focusing on like the more Silver Age Green Lantern characters and concepts. 
And this kind of integrates Kyle deeper into the Silver Age Green Lantern concepts as one of those characters. <clears throat> and at the same time, the present day stuff we're getting now is kind of him as this, as like the individual off doing his own thing apart from the core. So like, instead, it, it's like a weird flip. Like he, he started off as the Lone Lantern who eventually came into the Green Lantern Corps, and now they've kind of switched it. So he's started out a recruit of the Green Lantern Corps that's now been, like, ostracized from it and has to find his own way. I mean, do you... Am, am I, like, just, like, pulling this out of my ass, or, like, do you buy that line of thinking at all that, like, this will make... Like... Because there's always seemed, like, that divide between Kyle and John Guy Hal. And I mean, since Jeff Johns took over. Um, so do you think, like, this will help, like, push them I, a little closer together now as characters? I don't agree with that. I think, <clears throat> I mean, especially when Kyle was in uh, Green Lantern Corps. Um, no, because, like, okay, think about, think about Green Lantern Corps when it first started. Uh, Kyle and Guy, like, they, they bonded tremendously until the point that they were almost like brothers. Like, the whole fact that with uh, with Blackest Night, where, you know, the, the Red Ring <clears throat> took uh, Guy, um, you know, all, that, that, whole, that whole situation. Um, like, you know, Kyle and Guy had a great relationship. And even John and Guy, and, yeah, uh, John and Kyle had a great relationship back from the old you know, the old series, then that, that I think, you know, transferred over, you know, decently well, not as well. Like, they, they didn't have as close a relationship since the reboot. But, you know, like, they've, they've done good. Kyle and Hal have had almost no interactions. Yeah. I mean, um, it just feels like Kyle gets shuffled around more than the others. Like, now he's in Green Lantern Corps. Now he's not. Now he's back. Now he's in Honor Guard. Now he's not. Now he's a renegade. Now he's now he's a torchbearer. Now he's not. You know, it's it's yeah. like what's it's like they they can't keep him in one spot for very long and Jeff John seems to have no interest in using him for anything ever. <laughs> so it's yeah, like I, yeah, I agree with that. But I think <clears throat> I think the fact of the matter is the reason that they change Kyle around so much is because they can and he's going to have an audience that's going to follow him. You know, like, I think Guy has that to some extent. I don't think John has that. Hmm. I think <laughs> at all of the Lanterns, Hal and, and Kyle have the best fan following. So that if, if anybody's going to be, you know, leading books, they've got the best shot. Whereas, look at Green Lantern Corps. I mean, you've needed two, two uh, Lanterns you know, to to run that book for, you know, since it started. That's not a fair comparison at all, because the whole... Con I mean, it's a, it's called Green Lantern Corps. The whole concept is that it's about more than one lantern. Yeah, but still, like, you need Earth Lanterns to have a Green Lantern book. And Green Lantern Corps needs two. And a book with Kyle 
really only needs one. And right now they have Carol, you know, another Earth Lantern. But I don't think you need Carol for this. Oh, I... Carol left. I mean, like, you think she adds a lot, but I don't think she's necessary. I think she's almost the main character of this book. No, no, definitely not. I, listen, I enjoy the Carol stuff way more than any other character in this series. And, and not for nothing, but there for a while there, Guy Gardner was the only human in Green Lantern Corps. When? Like, leading up to the Sinestro War. When did they put John in? That was... <clears throat> I, don't, was I don't think that was till after Blackest Night. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, whatever, whatever. Anyway, in any case. So, like, do you care about the two-year thing, like, two years ago is when his oh, origin no. was? No, I don't care about the two-year thing at all. Like, okay, like I understand that. Yeah, me too. But... You know, that's that's like a minor thing. Like they've been they've been talking about the two year thing. The but the whole concept that now he's was no longer you know, he's not the torchbearer anymore. That that's what gets me. Hmm. Hamming it up for the podcast. <laughs> I want attention. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, I don't know, is there anything else that we need to go into? I mean, oh, the art. Oh, uh, yes. Okay, in issue 15 with Aaron Cooter, I think the art is the best that it's been throughout all three issues. Yeah. By the same token, I think that he should learn how to draw Larflees before he, you know, draws him. And he's got, like, these freaking huge-ass ear horns. Um, you know, it's just stuff like that's, you know, that, that's editing. Like that's, that's poor editing. He looks exactly like a mountain goat. Yeah. Um, but I mean, aside from that, I thought the art was, was really good. Uh, oh, and I guess since we're talking about 15, they killed Sade. Yeah. Yeah. That surprised me actually. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I guess so. Although... I mean, Whoa. you do have Hal Jordan on the other side. <clears throat> of what? What? Oh, over there. Yeah, over there. The, the other side of what? <laughs> so, I mean, technically they could bring her back. Maybe she's the hooded figure this time. Uh. Yeah. Or maybe maybe they'll, like, they'll come up with something <clears throat> like part of Sade was always in Ganthet, and they'll use the power of love to... I don't know, resurrect or something. Yeah. Um, (laughs) what you call it? Now, the art on 13 and 14, um, both of those were kind of combo jobs between uh, Andre Brisson and Amil Carpina. I was trying to figure out, like, who, who, who was doing what. It's 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 difficult to, to to figure out like who's actually doing what. It sometimes, <laughs> and the best that I can come up with, yeah, I I don't even know. I still don't even know. I think Brisson did the flashback scenes. Um, I like the flashback scene. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's nice and clean. Um, but then or, you have. Or actually, stuff. no, there's 
There's two different art styles for the flashback scenes, actually. <laughs> well, <clears throat> the... Are there? Yeah, like, the page where he's flying away with Alex looks completely different than him and Alex on the train. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Um, I like the one where he's not on the train. Yeah, the one where, where it's, like, his origin, that looks good. Yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah, you're right. I think that's Andre Brisson. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure that. But then you have the other artist who does, like, the, the scene, like, the page where they go to the Middle East. Yeah. And you see, like, the guy who's basically staring up at a gun, and he has, like, seven miles of extra lips. Yeah. And everybody's just kind of, like, drawn, like, really weird proportions. Kyle's face looks like it was completely bashed in. Yeah. I kind of chuckled a little when when that father jumped out saying, take me, take me, because it looked like he was, like, dancing towards them. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have the Atrocitus page, where I think that looks normal again. Um, And then you go right back to Kyle, like, craning his neck, and his face just looks completely weird. Yeah. I will say... I kind of like, like the, like the disgusting moodiness that this artist gives this sequence because I think I think it's appropriate for what they're showing us, um, and I think they re- he really sells that moment where like the ring, like Kyle's ring starts to like flare up with red and like heart- the heartbeat and everything. Uh, yeah, that's like the only panel that I <clears throat> think he does well. Um, I mean the the big the big conflict I keep having with the art on this book in general is that I understand why they made some of the stylistic choices they did and went with some of the artists they did, but none of those choices work for the book as a whole. It's just for these little moments or these vignettes or these scenes. And as soon as they move on to something else, like I don't necessarily by it being a time issue i just say like i don't oh, i think it is i mean it might be a time issue but at the same time there's certain scene like there are scenes in this same issue that i would not want to see drawn by the artists that drew this like red lantern middle east wherever they are scene you know like i don't think that art style is appropriate for when Kyle and Carol are talking, or when the Third Army is attacking in space. I don't know, like, part of me really likes that whole, like, mainstream superhero book drawn like an indie comic kind of thing. Which this book has always kind of had, but I don't know. I don't think... Maybe in Aaron Aaron Cooter, is that his name? Cooter, Cooter, whatever. The the 15 guy. I yeah. think they found a good balance with him because he was the yeah. only he was the only artist on that issue, right? Yes. Yeah, I think like if they could if they could keep him, and for all I know, I've bashed this guy for the last thirteen months. I don't even know, but <laughs> if they kept him, I feel like the book would have like a more stable foundation to work with because he's kind of kind of a little of everything. Yeah, I think they would love to do that. In fact, I think. He was solicited as doing 13 and 14. 
I think he has a, a scheduling you know problem. I think he can't keep up. What do you think of the Rage costume? Now you can see it up close and personal. You know, I like it better now that I can actually see all of it. I, I, I like the. I mean, I know the helmet is totally impractical, but I love the fact that it plays on, like, the blind rage concept. Yeah, I just I, hate it. I mean, if it's something... If the whole costume was something we're going to be seeing a lot of, then I would probably have a problem with it, but I don't... I assume we're not going to see it very much, you know? <laughs> if ever. James. Talk over him. He actually liked that costume. What? Like, I liked it as, like, someone like, oh, hey, there it is for a page, and now it's gone forever. You know, it's like... <clears throat> I wish I didn't have to see it ever. Hey, hey, he got, like, a Firestorm head. Come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, and then, then you have the page with, like, the hope. Where, like, Kyle's head just looks like his hair is just shooting out in every direction. It is. It's the power of hope, man. Ugh, God. Shimmering. You can hear it shimmer. God. Also, Nia Rufino, awesome. Although she didn't, yeah. she didn't color fifteen. That was someone else. Uh, yeah, no, thirteen. Thirteen <coughs> the colors were fantastic. Fourteen too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I actually didn't mind Atrocitus like his design in this issue, and I think <laughs> it's primarily because we've seen so much worse in his own book. <laughs> <coughs> Like I'm like at yeah. least here he looks like a monster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, although, like one little thing that just kind of like, you know, it, it's like, come on, really, the doll that the daughter drops, she she, she freaking drops this doll every time we see them being being destroyed, <laughs> and every single time it's a little girly doll. Like you know, it's almost like, I don't know. I don't even know if it, I would say that it's one of them, one of their race, but it's a little, it's basically like a little girly doll. And it's, you know, every single time you see it, it's always the same little girly doll. And this one, they draw a bunny. <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, I, I realize that it's a nitpick, but, you know, you're trying to create a cohesive universe. My space bunny. No. Ah. <laughs> my god and i mean let's not give them t more credit than they deserve here either because that that whole thing like like it's just like a really easy trick to to pull on your heartstrings you know it's like something terrible happened to a kid how do we show it well let's have let's have like 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 one of their toys just sitting there amongst the rubble yeah, yeah. or like Anytime you ever see an anime or something, when they want to convey it, something bad happened to children, you just see, like, a teddy bear that's on fire on the ground. <laughs> it's like... You want to uh, tackle Green Lantern Corps? Yeah. Oh, well, how would you rate this? How would we rate New Guardians? Um, I'm going to have to say... <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm bouncing between borrow and buy. That's... I, you know what? I'm... Kind of on the same boat, and I'm surprised that it's not lower for you. <laughs> the flashback scene, the, the, the second flashback scene, really, uh, yeah, no, I thought that was horrible. Uh, and the art in 13 and 14... <laughs> makes babies cry. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's awful. <laughs> but, I mean, when you get right down to it, 
I would say 13 and 14. Oh, God. It's so difficult with the art. <laughs> yeah. I would say the art from 13 and 14 is a pass. But the story in both of them is a buy. Um, and number 15, I would say the art is definitely a buy. But the story is, you know, <laughs> a borrow at, you know, at best. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, me taking all these, all three of these issues together. Yeah, it's it's definitely like it's definitely it's it's not quite a buy, but all things considered, I had fun reading these. You know, I enjoyed myself when I was reading these. You know, I, and I, <clears throat> I'm not the least bit thrilled about the changes to Kyle's history. But I don't know. Like I, I can't get my, too upset about it because I don't know. It, it. I. I don't. I can't. I don't feel comfortable penalizing the rest of the issues based on this flashback because <laughs> it was so disconnected from what was going on. I mean, you had the the everything that was going on with Carol that kind of connected it, but. I mean, they tried to tie it in, but it was still, like, in my mind, this is almost a separate issue from everything else we read. So, you know, I would... I, I would put... I would honestly... I would put this, like, right up with Red Lanterns from last week. So, like, I... it w This was good. It was enjoyable. It wasn't quite good enough to be a buy, but it's a really high borrow. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's a good point in that <laughs> it's, it's... It ranks right around Red Lanterns in that... It was, it had some definite negative points, but somehow it ended up being enjoyable anyway. Yeah, and I don't know. I I I, tr I tried really hard not to to know anything about this going in. Like all I knew about this was was there was something in it related to Kyle that pissed off a lot of people. Yeah. And I try after that I just sort of shut the internet off and tried not to look at anything. So I didn't want it to be skewed or whatever, but I don't know. I don't think that affected how I how I saw this. Good. Good how many people know. do you think are gonna be angry at us for not tearing this apart? <laughs> uh Well they'd probably be angry with you. Because they know that I didn't appreciate that, that flashback. Yeah, but I'm the likable one. <laughs> yeah, you, but I have the baby. Yeah, you make babies cry. That's not an endearing trait. Yeah, he's, you know, he's he's talking so much on this episode, he's going to be like an official Lantern caster soon. Holy crap, can we... Re is he Chaz's replacement? <laughs> the real question is, is it going to be your baby or Bloom <laughs> that replaced Chad? Bloom? Oh. You're like, who's Bloom? <laughs> I'm like, wait, the character? Yes. <laughs> yes. We're gonna hold giant, up a... <laughs> the giant floating orange head? Yeah, we're gonna hold a picture of it up to a microphone and just <laughs> just have conversations with it. So <laughs> you uh you review Green Lantern Core and I'm gonna try and get a burp out of this kid. Alright. Green Lantern Core. Uh let me just throw this in at the beginning, the creative team is the typical Peter J. Tomasi and Fernando Passarin, except for uh, number 13, which is drawn by Cafu. Let me see if that's... 
there's a full name I can never remember. There's no credits page. Let's <laughs> do, 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 do. There it is. You know, just Cafu. Okay, so Green Lantern Corps, you know, out in space, the Third Army still doing their thing, but even worse, on Oa, <clears throat> the Guardians go into the science cells, which is, you know, the really deep recesses of the science cells where they have the worst of the worst in solitary, which is kind of interesting concept. I kind of like that. And they bust out Czar, which is that, <clears throat> that guy, that Guy Gardner fought in issue zero when he was still a rookie, you know, big purple guy, tentacle face. Um, they're, and they're basically they're setting up Guy Gardner to take a fall. Like they've been they've been leading up to this gradually for the last several months, and now they're really gonna run with it. <clears throat> uh, they gave Guy his like what second or third promotion in the last two weeks uh, to a <laughs> to a position they just created on the spot. They promote him to Lantern Sentinel. Huh? Huh? Sentinel? Huh? Huh? See what they did there? Anyway. So Guy is standing there on the podium looking like that ring figure Jim bought when the movie was coming out. And <clears throat> he's, he's, he's buying into it. He's really, he's like, he's really humbled by the honor and, you know, he's, he feels like he's on top of the world and he just, he wants to, to really just, he, he wants to get out there and just do his thing and prove that he deserves what's been given to him. And... Yeah, the Guardians immediately give Guy Gardner a task. They're like, okay, you you have to escort this diplomatic convoy to Oa, because there's these planets, they're at war, they are going they they can't they can't work this out themselves, so we're going the Guardians, that's us, are gonna be arbitrators for them. So you pick a squad of lanterns and escort their ship here. Simple, right? <clears throat> Super duper ultra simple. Uh, along the way, Vaz, good old Vaz, he calls Guy and tells him, hey, uh, Zar escaped, and his cell is kind of full of bloody scrawlings of a madman, of pictures of your face and your name. <laughs> and Guy makes the leap that he's coming after me, or my family, which we'll get back to that. So Guy... You know, and we should say the convoy that Guy Gardner took with him to escort the ship was like ten lanterns, and he takes he leaves half of them behind, mostly rookies I think, <clears throat> to escort the ship to Oa, and he takes the other half with him to head towards Earth to pick up his family just in just in case, just on the off chance that Czar goes after them, and along the way the Guardians call him and they're like, you know you're. You're not following orders. We need you to babysit that convoy. And Guy Gardner devolves really quickly into classic Guy Gardner, all defiant and everything. And <clears throat> that's when the Third Army strikes and they hop on Vandor, who you'll remember was the the other Green Lantern with Jon Stewart when Kurt cracked uh, under the Keeper's torture. And he was the big advocate for, for saving Jon. <clears throat> and they, the, 
the I, I want to call them the keepers. The third army tears Kurt apart and converts him, and Kurt is he's gone. Wait, did you say his name is Kurt? Vandor, sorry. <laughs> Kurt was the other guy that he snapped his neck. Yeah, no, I just talked about him. That's why. Okay, so. Oh, yeah, the other thing that I was thinking about was, like, there's a Green Lantern, and his name is Vandor, mm-hmm. and they had the <laughs> other villain whose name was Cardor. Aww, oh, God. So, go. <laughs> so. Oh, Give you geez. a perfect jumping off point. So, Vandor's dead, and while that's happening, <laughs> Guardians called Jon Stewart to their spacey, floaty room and said, look, here's a chunk of Mogo, here's a Mogo bit. <laughs> and Mogo bits. and <laughs> all the Mogo bits in the universe are converging on one spot, just over there, across the room, and they're trying to reform into Mogo, and we want you to track these bits to their convergence point and give whatever assistance possible to helping Mogo come back because you blowed him up, and Jonathan's like, hell yes I did, and hell yes I will. <clears throat> uh, so that's that's all thirteen, fourteen. Um, you know, you have Guy and his remaining group struggling against the third army, which is not going well. Um, they all end up ruthlessly killed and turned into third army people. Um, and Guy flies away, all like really like distraught like he let this happen and all that um he le- he he you know as he retreats he fires some spheres at earth which kind of grab up his family members and like in a f- funny montage of scenes and transports them to the justice league satellite so flash and cyborg can babysit them for a few days just in case evil aliens come to get them yeah, <laughs> uh meanwhile on oa uh, Kilowog goes to see Salek and says, hey, um, we're not recruiting people anymore. <laughs> have, you, have you noticed we haven't been get, getting very many recruits lately? And Salek thinks that's BS, but just to appease Kilowog, they go down to the to the foundry and, he's, and they see like the giant stasis tube filled with thousands of rings that have not been sent off world yet. And Salak's like, wait a second, my logs only show that there should be like 14 of these here. What <clears throat> what the hell is going on? I'm, I gotta get to the bottom of this, I'm calling the squirrel. Flash back to space, where Fatality, who I guess we're not supposed to know is Fatality yet, her, her sapphire ring <clears throat> senses a, you know, a heart in distress or whatever. And it takes her to the Mogo bit that John's following. Because apparently, I'm ready for this one. Apparently, Mogo was composed of male and female rocks. <laughs> <clears throat> and the female rocks are trying to find the male rocks again because then they can be happy and in love or something. <clears throat> and John's like, that makes no fucking sense. But I'm already trying to find it, so let's go. Um, <clears throat> Guy Gardner returns to Oa, gets chewed out by the Guardians, makes a con, and all he can say for himself is, "You know, you guys really seem to like 
kicking out humans. So then they kick him out, <laughs> not before showing images relayed of like the uh, the remains and carcasses of that convoy that he abandoned. And uh, apparently the, the rookie lanterns he left to protect them are also dead. And the guardians chalk that up to the uh, the um, like terrorists or rebels or whatever that were against the peace talks. When reality, the guardians sent. Czar to go and decimate these people. Um, oh, and and <clears throat> to pile it on even more, <laughs> they sent the images of them all dead and hanging from the ceiling <laughs> to every planet that could have benefited from these peace talks. That's awful. And they basically goad Guy Gardner into resigning. And he does. And then Ganthet just kind of fist bumps the air saying, yes. And they they teleport Guy back to Earth. Back to his garage. Where he's kind of like, he's on his knees in front of his motorcycle from issue zero. Um, that's 14. <laughs> issue 15. Issue 15 opens with Guy repeatedly slamming his head against the garage door. <laughs> Freaking out. Sounds about right. Yeah, you know, because we went from car door to van door to garage door. And oh. <laughs> I know, right? And for so he has like framed pictures of himself as a superhero flying around. I don't know how you got those pictures, but whatever. Guy is freaking out because he was he was on top of the world and now it's all gone. He's not even a he's nothing now. And he's back home where it's his his life just he he lost everything and he decides you know what no i'm going to make this work yeah he, he actually has a great line cuz he decides that he's going to to try and keep the peace in town for a little while without his ring just as a dude and like part of that has to be just him wanting to prove to himself that he's not worthless or not useless anymore but he has this great line where he says, you know, hell, if Batman can do it, I can do it. <laughs> Which is, I love, I, so one thing I'm glad they keep is how, like, lanterns keep just taking shots at Batman. I hope that never goes away. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so Guy Gardner goes around in the dead of night on a motorcycle dressed like a biker, intimidating people because they know he's a Green Lantern. And he just pretends he still has a ring. He's like, like all of you, you gang of thugs better get on your knees and like put your hands behind your head or I'm going to shoot energy spikes through you. And they all do. And this works more often than it should, I guess, because he gets all these, all this information out of them and it leads him to, what is it? What, what is this? It's a... Like a weapons drop, basically. He's, he's he he sees like the the buyers or the sellers or what what no the buyers. He's, there's gonna be like a like a, some homegrown terrorist cell that's selling missiles or it, it doesn't matter. Guy Gardner drops a crane on them and starts kicking the crap out of everybody. They turn out to be the police. This was a sting operation that his sister was involved in and. 
<laughs> they take out their super police PKE meter and determine he has no alien technology on him. So they slap the cuffs on him, and his little sister named... Gaina? No? <laughs> Lori? Uh, what, what the... Wait, what the fuck is his sister's name? I'm going with Gaina. No, 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 I gotta find this. Gloria! I was right. Anyway, she arrests him. And... Oh, forgot to mention. There guy stood outside of his dad's... Guy like a creepy kidnapper murderer stood outside of his dad's window, looking in the window, having a conversa- a phone conversation with the people inside. <coughs> and it, it actually... I kind of liked the how he and his brother were on good terms with each other. But every, every like... Every other word balloon is the dad grabbing the phone and saying, like, You're a scumbag! I hate you! You're not a cop! I'm an old man! Rah! Your brother should live on the moon, not you! <laughs> Meanwhile, out in space... Uh, you know, John and Fatality are having kind of this back and forth about... Because, uh, I mean, their their whole deal right now revolves around bringing back a planet that John blew up, which is kind of a touchy subject between these two, but <laughs> I like how I kind of like how they play it, because it's, it's the whole, like, <clears throat> like she still, she isn't angry at him anymore for it, and she thinks he should forgive himself, but he can't let himself, whatever. And then they cha- they go off chasing Mogo Bits again. <laughs> uh, but the real interesting thing is that Salik learns the truth about the Guardians. You know, he put, like, this nano camera in their big spacey, wacy room. And it records everything they're doing and all their plans. And then Ganthet sees it, and Salik's like, well, fuck. And the Guardians, like, they use their Magneto powers <laughs> to, to rip a hole through to Salik's chamber. And they put him in a tube, and they tie him up, and they bury him under their floorboards. <laughs> and that's 15. So, what do you think about Green Lantern Corps? Um, you know, I think Green Lantern Corps is like, it consistently has the best art. Oh, you know, uh, Green Lantern. Um, Green Lantern art is, you know, consistently good, too. But, uh, Green Lantern uh, core consistently has really good art, and the stories, um, the dialogue I always enjoy. I always really enjoy the dialogue. The, the stories themselves are the things that every once in a while it's just like, you know, really do we have to hear this story? I really I, I enjoy what they're doing with the Mogo aspect. And I think in Green Lantern Core, you should be seeing the stuff like behind the scenes for the third army. So I think that part is interesting. Um I think but like by the same token, like a lot of the stuff that happened with Guy, like I just wasn't really digging that much. Now do you think because I had kind of the same problem with Guy Gardner's fall from grace that I did. Well, I guess specifically with the Guardians. 
I had the same problem with that that I did with Kyle learning the emotions and that so it's, fast. Yeah, it seemed like it all of a sudden just had like at uh, I I feel conflicted about this because it seemed like it happened all of a sudden and like like the first thing I thought of when it, <clears throat> when I saw him take his team out into space and they started getting slaughtered was well this is exactly what happened when they fought that giant spider thing right before the reboot like this is not like guy gardner's probably seen this sort of thing happen before is it's happened at least once with his hand-picked team of lanterns so this shouldn't affect him that much you know i mean it's um but then like as the story went on when they led up to the point of him resigning they just kept they kept piling it on it on more and more and more to the point where it's like it's like oh you got your team killed and you abandoned rookies to die and you got that that convoy of ambassadors killed and you doomed all of those planets that they were trying to work to save and now we'll go to war and (laughs) the killer showed the bloody pictures to all those planets (laughs) and and it's like it's like they kept piling it on to the point where i'm like you know what I could buy this being too much for him, I guess. <laughs> um, the thing that I thought was kind of, like, fishy was that, you know, like, the Guardians say how big a deal this, uh, you know, this peace convoy is. And all of a sudden he gets word that this guy breaks out of prison. And it's like, you know, whoa! I, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> I gotta race home and protect my family because they may be in danger. Yeah, now this is probably my biggest problem of this story. Because I cannot for the life of me figure out how or why this guy Czar would end up going after a guy's family. Because since the moment we saw him in issue zero, which was years ago he has been locked in a cage in the dark he like does he even know what planet guy's from like how would he find guy's family yeah realistically like he, he shouldn't be able to unless the guardians like specifically tell him yeah but, I mean, but like, guy doesn't know that the guardians are you know helping him yeah i mean like like there could have been a scene where where oh no that cuz there kind of was like i i don't even know they could have had some kind of scene where like it could have been during the communication with Vaz or or i don't know something in there where like they make some like like the somewhere in like the bloody scrawlings on the on the wall could have been like a the crew picture of earth or whatever or like he could have like they could have gone really like psycho killer with it and had him like scrawl like all of them all of them or something like that you know like but like guy guy all by himself makes the leap that up oh, he's out he wants to kill me he's going to earth to get my family yeah it's like how what makes this guy different from any bad guy guy gardner has ever fought like, yeah no the only thing that makes that sets him apart is that this story comes immediately after the retelling of Guy Gardner's origin, where they reintroduce his entire family. 
Yeah. And can I... And that's that's another thing, because in, in Zero, and I don't know if you feel the same way or not, but in issue Zero, when I saw Guy Gardner beat that guy, right. I mean, they were obvious, it was obvious then that they were setting up this guy to come back in the present day, right? Yeah. Well, you know, it was obvious to you, <laughs> I was kind of just hoping that he was a throwaway character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, here's the thing. And it would work better probably if that was true. But here's the thing. Guy Gardner beat this guy when he was a rookie. Yeah. The Like, I, I was immediately like, oh, this guy again. Well, he's no threat whatsoever. <laughs> like, like guy, the guy, Guy Gardner beat him alone at the point in his life where he had the least amount of training and experience being a Green Lantern. Now he's at the top of his game and should have no problem at all. And I mean, I guess that works out in the end because like, you just know where this is going. It's going to be like some scene where Guy Gardner's on Earth without his ring and Zar's chasing him down. So like, maybe, I guess it's alright for that, but it's like, there's until he loses his ring, there's no tension, there's no danger, really, coming from Czar. Yeah, I guess, um... They even point yeah, out the and, lanterns and also, he, They even point out the lanterns he killed at that convoy were all rookies. So it's, it's yeah. like, he can only kill people who are, like, really inexperienced. <laughs> Not to mention, he's been in a prison cell... He hasn't really been working out or anything like that for the past however many years. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, speaking of his cell, I love how, like, right on that uh, title page in issue 13, he, he wrote Gardner backwards because, like, his cell door was a reflective surface. <laughs> it's like, he had, like, a red rum moment. <laughs> Um, for issue 15 what did you think of that what all of it yeah I mean just like the fact that he decides to go out and you know clean up the streets without a ring basically I think I kind of like it makes perfect sense you know does it yeah but okay well it makes perfect sense that Guy Gardner would try to do it I'll say that it doesn't make perfect sense that it would work more than, like, one time. Well, no. Because if he has a reputation in this town as a Green Lantern, yeah. then I can understand, like, I could, I could buy, like, that aspect of it working. The thing that should not work is the fact that, well, the thing that doesn't work for me is that Guy Gardner used to be a cop. Yes. And... Like, he's going to do this whole, you know, weapons bust and try and take out everybody, you know, in one shot all by himself. Now, if he's a cop, he should realize that, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe there's a chance that other cops might be involved with this. Hmm. You know? Like, no matter what happens, there's almost certainly at least one cop involved undercover. Yeah, yeah, but guy got like guy's not like this is all like an emotional decision on his part. He's not like 
if he was thinking rationally, he wouldn't be going out as a biker vigilante at all, you know? I mean, this is guy, like, like, he opened the issue trying, like, coming to terms with the fact that he just lost everything that he used to define himself. And now he's trying to prove to himself that it, he doesn't need the Green Lantern Corps in order to still be that guy. So, like, he's trying to, he's trying to do it on his own, <clears throat> but using the same taxes, tactics he would if he still had his ring. And I'm, it's completely misguided, but, like, I understand why he's doing it. Sorry, I missed all of that. But it's okay. <laughs> basically, you buy it, and I don't. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, he was a cop. You would think that he'd, like, retain, like, at least some knowledge of how things go or, you know, some respect for the Force. And, like, you, like, you know, you made, a, you made a joke of it, but, like, how the hell does the police department have a device that checks for energy signatures? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's again, it's the DC Universe. If they don't have this at this point, then... I mean, they really, really should. <laughs> um... Also, I kind of think like if you have if you had his dad, would you really want to like? I, you, I, I you, we cannot discount the fact that he probably wants to prove he can do it on his own without the core and without the police. Considering the his dad has always been gung ho like you're shit because you're not a cop anymore. So like like imagine can you imagine the look on guy's face if he could go to his dad and say hey. Guess who just made a weapons bust without being part of that thin blue line? <laughs> I guess I don't know. Plus, like this, like this was his big, his, this was his big outing to try and prove that he's good and en- he's still good enough all by himself without having to be a cop, without having to be a Green Lantern. The problem was he was using, he was applying the same tactics he would have if he still had his ring to having just his fists and attitude and it's it's completely misguided but it's him trying to snap back and re- and show himself that he's still worth it you know even though he isn't <sighs> so mogo is a boy and a girl yeah mogo's a hermaphrodite from here on out everybody <laughs> <laughs> did that make any sense to you not really like i want to find all right, I'm gonna read Fatalities. Di- oh, and that's another. I like the fact that um, John does call her. How do you say that? Y R R A. How do you say that? Yura. Yeah, I guess Yura. I right. guess. I like how he calls her by her real name for once, and she even says that too. <clears throat> but all right, so the Mogo bit. She's tethered to it now. It's starting to pull her around space. And... Uh, oh, where is it? Is that not the right issue? Okay, yes. This tethered piece is actually communicating with me. Mogo encompasses the yin and yang of two distinct beings. A male side and a female side. Each part is looking to reconnect with their loved one. But, but what? But they can't. Pieces of them are in pain. Imprisoned. 
something stopping them from reforming at the main core. Then we need to find what that something is. Yeah. I mean, part of me hopes that we kind of get two Mogos out of this. Because that, <laughs> that would be kind of cool, I think. And then they could have, like, moon babies. Moon <laughs> we could... babies. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have a problem with, with two Mogos. I, I guess it would be Mo and Go. Oh, my lord. <laughs> it probably <laughs> would. Mog and Ogo. Which one would be the girl? Um, but yeah, uh, I kind of like, I like the fact that we have, like, the two, the, uh, the two opposite stories going on right now, you know, with, like, Guy Gardner doing the Earth thing and John of Fatality doing the space thing. I just hope we get more of the space story, because I'm, I'm curious about Mogo. I want to see what these two, these two characters do. Yeah, me too. I concur. Yeah. I, I'm definitely more interested in that. Uh, I mean, hopefully now that Guy has gotten this thing out of his system, you know, like, they'll actually do something interesting with him again. Yeah. Oh, God, I haven't read anything beyond this, but I'll be insanely surprised if next issue does not include a scene where he's sitting in a jail cell and his dad shows up to berate him. Uh, Oh, God. I hate his dad so much. His dad's so awful. Or is it his brother in this issue was awesome, or it, yeah, it, yeah, it was it this issue. Yeah, it was this issue. Yeah, his, no, his brother's pretty good. Yeah, his brother. His brother tried to give him like tickets to a game to try and you know get in better with the father. Yeah, and like they just they get along good. They have a good rapport. You know, I lo- he loved the hell out of going to the watchtower for a day. <laughs> And that page where guy where those orbs grab up his family was so was so good, like his sisters t- at like f- the firing range and the bubble shows up around her. He's like, "Sorry, sis." Like it, it lifts up his dad off the couch, and he's like, "Dad, just shut up and go with it." My favorite, the best is like his brothers at the movies, like sipping a soda, and it just like shows up and freaks out the entire theater. <laughs> Oops. Like, sorry. Cyborg and Flash are just like, huh, look at that. <laughs> it's awesome. Damn it, Gardner, not again. Uh, anyway. Is that, is that it? Did we do a good enough job on these? I think so. What do you. So. I don't uh, know. Borrow. Yeah, I would say borrow. There are. I mean, I feel like this is, I feel like this is really the, out of all four, this is the book where the most feel is, (laughs) this is the book where the most is happening. And I I think it's because we've got the Guardians front and center in it. Yeah, I mean, for me, (laughs) I think, I, I almost feel like the Guy Gardner stuff is filler. And if there wasn't so much of the Guy Gardner filler, then I would be enjoying this book much more because, like, I'd like to see more about the Guardians, you know, <laughs> with their behind-the-scenes stuff. I think the thing with uh, uh, Salak, you know, like, locking him up was interesting. Them discovering that the rings were not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the whole thing with Mogo. 
you know that that stuff I think is is really cool. But the Guy Gardner stuff is kind of bogging it down a little for me. I mean, the only thing I don't like about the Guy Gardner stuff is how like. <clears throat> I mean, you. it's actually what you brought up when we talked about Red Lanterns. It's that they introduced the the concept of his family in issue zero, and now all of a sudden it's family, family, family. Yeah. And, like, that just makes it feel kind of forced. But, I mean, I, <clears throat> I, like, the fa- I like the fact that they're exploring this side of him. You know, I mean, it's... It's it's weird. Like I can't call it filler because like he's blatantly the main character of this book right now, yeah. and they're trying to get rid of all the Earth Lanterns. So following him after they dumped him is kind of like it's kind of where you have to go. Yeah, I guess. But <clears throat> I mean, the, well, first off, the story I, I I didn't really buy. I didn't you know, like I didn't buy that aspect of him what he would do. But on top of that, I just I kind of feel like, you know, out of all the lanterns, like Kyle, if he you know if he starts up like an actual you know side life again, I think that would be very interesting because we've seen Kyle you know have a life before, and it is interesting, and and Hal Jordan like when he actually has downtime, you know it's it's terrific, um, but I mean. <coughs> You know, like, John has been so out of, you know, so out of the whole having a personal life thing for so long. I think it was basically Moraine, right? Yeah. Back in Kyle's run that he actually had, like, any sense of personal life going on. And, I mean, Guy, I mean, he's he's kind of been with Ice a little bit here and there, but not really and not for a while. So it's like they just feel a little awkward having personal lives. Yeah. Well, and and that was, like, a big point of issue one of this run, too. Like, they're the two... Like, Guy and John are the two lanterns that can't really have a life outside of the ring. That's why they want to... I mean, Guy Gardner, his his normal life and his family life were kind of shit. But then the ring comes along, and he can basically say, all right, fuck this, I'm going to space. And he can make a name for himself out there. Well, now what happens when that option gets taken away? And he has to go back. Like, that's... it's a, I, I like that idea. It also makes me... Actually, I didn't even think about this while reading it, but it makes me kind of wonder if the Guardians sent John into a trap just now. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. I, probably. I mean, like, honestly, like, it's hysterical because when when they did it with Hal, where they said, okay, you know what, we're going to not have Hal have a ring. And it basically lasts for, like, an issue. Yeah, one page. <laughs> and and it's like, you know, it's like, damn it, I want more of that. With with Guy, it's just like, I'm, I'm praying that by next issue, it's like somebody comes and gives him a ring or... Like, he figures out something, some way to get himself powers again, because... Yeah. Well, did you catch that when he tr- he got transported back to Earth, he still had Vandor's gauntlet, and it would still have the ring on it? Oh, it did? Yep. Because, like, oh, when I he was... Notice. when I he was notice the ring on it. Yeah, well, when he was talking to the Guardians, he made mention of how, like, those things, they suck the power out of Vandor's ring and all... Uh, out of these rings and all that, and he was still holding it. So... 
I mean, I'm assuming Baz is going to get a battery at some point, so Guy has a ring in his garage. <laughs> um, but no, I I, I kind of do like how, like, that kind of subtle reinforcement that, like, Guy and Hal are really kind of similar, because both of them, they're fine as long as they have their rings, but as far as normal life on Earth goes, they've got nothing. <laughs> okay, I'm glad that, it, that <clears throat> he does have a ring, then. Thank God. Yeah. In fact, and I'd be even happier if he fills it himself, as opposed to having a bummer charge off of Baz. Yeah, yeah. Okie doke. Yeah. So, you know, overall, I was not looking forward to the Third Army stuff remotely. <laughs> but I am I feel like I am higher on the Green Lantern books right now than I have been in a long time. Like, all of them across the board are good right now. I think, you know, I mean, I've been hearing so many negative things. <clears throat> and I guess just... And with the art, you know, the, the inconsistent art in the different books. Um, and then, you know, combined with, like, you know, the changes that we saw from issue zero. And also the concept of the Third Army, which I was just kind of like, you yeah. know, not that high on anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, I only really like the Third Army itself as a means to the, to an end to really get us somewhere with the Guardians story. I, I mean, like, honestly, <laughs> I think... Uh, Green Lantern, New Guardians. They they didn't do too bad with the the Third Army, only because there just wasn't much of it in there. But I think out of all the books, honestly, Red Lanterns dealt with them the best because they actually used them as opposed to just like throwing in a line. Oh yeah, you know, here's a page of the of the Third Army taking over again. It wasn't like that. It was like it was actually incorporated into the story. Yeah, it's so it's so weird the roles each of these books are taking with this with this. I mean, the Third Army is kind of to Green Lantern what like something like Dark Reign was to Marvel, where it's like it's more a theme than a storyline, you know? Yeah. I guess. <clears throat> and like like Green Lantern Core is the book where you're going to see like the most like forward progression of the overall plot of what the Guardians are doing. Red Lanterns is where you're going to see see a core really trying to figure out how to combat this threat. Um, New Guardians is where you're seeing... <clears throat> I mean, in New Guardians, you're basically just... It's still kind of doing its own thing with the Third Army kind of as the... as, like, a catalyst to try and, like, push forward faster, you know? And Green Lantern is still mostly just, like, the Simon Baz story that, kind of like New Guardians, is going to be, like, ratcheted up now because the Third Army, like, they know they're there now, you know? Yeah, yeah. I still like it. It still feels small, and I like that. And, I don't know, I, I think it helps a lot that they're not treating this like an event, and I really thought they were going to. Okay, let's wrap this up. All right. Uh, two, two things before we go that I want to make sure listeners know about. Okay. Uh, the animated series, which has just recently come back to Saturday mornings, uh, available the next day on Netflix, or not Netflix, iTunes, 
is coming to Netflix. Uh, is It was listed as one of a handful of other shows that are getting full seasons coming to Netflix starting at the end of March. So if you've been unable to catch this cartoon, which is a fantastic show, um, and you have a Netflix account, start poking around, start as of March 30th, and you should be happy with what you find. Secondly, DC Collectibles is finally doing something I have been waiting years for, and they are reissuing a green power battery prop replica. Uh, it's it's one of their one-to-one scales, so it's not like the little dealies they've been doing. Uh, it is slated to come out May of this year, so, you know, Christmas. And it's going to be about... It's it's listed as 200 bucks, but if you go through DCBS, it'll probably be somewhat lower. Um, the size, <clears throat> it is about an inch smaller than the last round of batteries they made. But to be perfectly honest, I don't care that much. <laughs> and it's not like I'm going to have two of them side by side. Um, I can't wait. Are you going to be getting one of these? I'm not really sure. I've, I've been looking at them and... As far as I can tell, they don't light up. Um, it's just like a statue, oh. which isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially for what the cost is probably going to be. When uh, when is DCBS going to have that up on their site? Oh, well, by the time this episode airs, it'll probably be in like a week. Okay, so basically that's what I'm going to be waiting to see. <coughs> Depending on how much they have these things for on DCBS... I think you should be able to get them for like 140. Do you remember how much they had your uh, red or yellow batteries? Well, I didn't get the red one, but the yellow one, I forget. I think it was 250 normally, and I think it was close to like 160, 170. I can't really. I I don't remember. It was it was at least 40 percent off though. Okay. So. But I mean, hey, if they can get if they can knock it fifty percent off and make the lantern a hundred dollars, oh god, then yes, they... I'll, I'll buy one like instantly and sell the ones that I have. My God, if they make if they make it fifty percent off, I might get two. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God, and I think it comes. Yeah, it comes with a ring, too. Yeah, yeah, it does. But yeah, I have. Like, I seriously, when I scrolled down, I was reading the DC solicitations. I was looking the, through the trays and whatever, and I like to check out, like, what statues and figures they're making. And I'm not, I'd never get them, but I'm like, oh, I want to see. Yeah. When I scrolled down and saw that, I was like, Because <gasps> I have been wait. I've wanted this for so long. <laughs> like, every now and then, I'll, I'll troll around eBay and Amazon looking and hoping that someone who doesn't know what they have listed it for too little kind of thing, you know? And... <laughs> Like, oh my god, I am so... And May is my birthday! Come on! <laughs> it's You know, it's funny because just recently I was thinking about how they've got a green, a yellow, and a red, and then they just kind of stopped. And we had seen all of the other lanterns at the uh, the convention. You know, they had the picture of it from San Diego. Yes. So I was wondering, like, okay, well, <laughs> when are they going to come out with the rest of those? Did they just kind of, like, stop? But, I guess so. No, listen, if they can come up with the lanterns... Because you don't need you don't need them to light up, and you definitely don't need them to light up when you put the ring to it. It's a cool effect, but I mean, you know, we as fans would be much happier just having lanterns. Yeah, 
and, and if you can you know you knock that price down yeah yeah and the, yeah. the listing does say uh call this the first in an all new line of power batteries yeah yeah they're probably like at this price point i think they'll be able to get them all done yeah now and maybe maybe the fact that it's dc collectibles making it now they might actually be able to get it in, out in time for me oh who was making them before dc direct Aren't... It was the same company, but they changed the name. I was going to say, isn't this the same exact people? <laughs> um, it. I was looking, and they didn't specify a material. Like, are these resin, or what are they made of? Uh, I think it's like polystone resin, probably. Is that like... Compare that to plastic. What is that? Oh, it doesn't seem like plastic at all. <laughs> okay. It, it's going to seem like either stone or... Um, it won't really seem like... Well, a little bit like metal, oh. but more so like, you know, like a solid statue. Okay, so we so we shouldn't be too concerned of like, oh, they made it, they made it less expensive, and it's the quality is cheaper, and the materials are bad. Oh yeah, no, no, I'm. It's it's probably just going to be like a regular statue. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I cannot wait. All right. Oh, and by the way, yeah, I'm <clears> I, <throat> I'm almost completely caught up with the new uh, episodes of the cartoon. Yeah. Oh. Fantastic. I know. I love this show so much. So good. So so good. It's and you know, like after reviewing the comics for the you know this this month, the, the past three issues, like I realized that they're a lot better than I initially thought that they were. Oh yeah, talking about these things really gives you a different level of appreciation, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. But <laughs> the cartoon is still just so much better. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been I've been season passing this thing on iTunes, just because yeah. that was my only option, and I couldn't not watch it. I still intend to eventually like get the DVD and watch it when it's on Netflix, just because I love this thing so much. I want it go pouring into my brain from all sides all the time. Yeah, I'll definitely buy the DVDs <laughs> eventually, just for James. Hell, I have the freaking I have the freaking Saint Walker statue on my desk, looking at me right now. It's being awesome. Oh, you you did get the Saint Walker statue. I did. Uh. Mark, Mark did a, a, a product of the week review on that, which eventually I'll post. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, one of his pet peeves was the symbol was upside down. Yeah, and I noticed that, but honestly, it's, su it's such a little detail, I don't even care. Yeah, also, it's easy enough to fix. Yeah, if you want to, but I'm not... Listen, I was paranoid enough that this thing was going to show up broken somehow, just because it's a statue and I'm like that. I am not going to try and change a thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so if you'd like to contact us and yell at us for not being angry enough at Kyle, that is lanterncast at gmail.com or go to lanterncast.com and, and register on our forum and be angry. And, <laughs> or call us at 708-LANTERN. Uh, you know, as long as you're at the website, you can listen to all of our episodes, unless you feel like going to iTunes, at which point you could write a review, you know, a little review with some stars in it, that'd be nice, hmm? yeah, nice, <coughs> and we're on Facebook, uh, we're on Stitcher, so we can be the voice of your car. Yes. Like Kit? Exactly like Kit. Um, what you call it, the, uh, did you give the uh, voicemail? Yeah. 708 um, Lantern. Uh, and anybody, if if you're looking for a special ring, like uh, you know the you know a Green Lantern ring, over on uh, therpf.com, there's a guy. Uh, he goes by the handle Bimmer, 
B-I-M-M-E-R. And uh, he is making movie rings. He's making Green Lantern movie rings and Sinestro Corps movie rings. And, like, these things are, like, mint. He, make them, he makes them to your size. They're steel and, uh, like, a transparent, you know, material for the front of it. Like, I saw these things. They look phenomenal. So I just wanted to give him a shout-out. Yeah. Did you see Bat Jeepster stopped? Yes. Yeah, he pulled out of it. I don't know why. I didn't look into it, but he's not making them anymore. It's clear and simple. He has, he has twins. Uh, he has to dedicate his time to his family. Oh, what a loser. No. <laughs> Listen, you know what? Like, when he, when he made that announcement, like, it's sad because he makes, like, a lot of really awesome stuff. But by the same token, like, I have one kid and know how difficult it is to get anything done. I can't even imagine having two yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Oh, hey, speaking of kids, and also Kit from Knight Rider, because yeah. Kit was Mr. Feeny, did you see... Boy Meets World? Yeah, Boy Meets World, the the sequel spinoff series, Girl Meets World. Have you seen this? Is it, has it started? No, well, no, it hasn't started yet, but they're making it, and they're bringing back... Um, Corey and Topanga? Yeah, I was going to say that guy and, and girl. Yeah, they're going to reprise their roles as... And they're going to be like... It's going to be them... X amount of years later as parents of the main yep. character. <clears throat> yeah. That's such a cool idea. I love it. I loved that show growing up. Me too. I love Topanga. Creepy. Okay. <laughs> what? I, I was probably around the same age as her. Were you? Maybe like a year or two older, if anything. Hmm. Alright. <laughs> I don't know. Aren't you like 50? No. Whatever. Not even remotely close to that. Whatever. Okay, I gotta go. I gotta pack this baby up and take him on the road. Yeah, I gotta put the baby in a suitcase and throw him in the trunk. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. No. And he's not going in the refrigerator either. He's not gonna be a refrigerator baby. Aw. But Alex could watch him. <laughs> oh, wow. This just evolved really quick. And on that note... Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night.